Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are largely trading lower this morning following an overnight sell-off in New York. Tokyo down 1.3%. Seoul is off 0.8%. Sydney hovering near the flat line. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How's Thursday looking, Ryan Huang? Pretty good. Michelle, how's yours? Okay, okay. It feels like a Friday though. <laughs> Why is that? Ah, it feels like it should be a Friday. I was up for four hours last night. Well, it's the eve of Friday, so happy Friday Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Always glass half full. Ryan Huang there. Analysts, investors, and well, really all of us are anxiously awaiting an 11 a.m. address to the nation this morning by Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong with the COVID-19 situation improving and the Omicron wave beginning to subside. PM Lee announced on Facebook last night that he will provide an overview of how Singapore is living with the virus and he'll also address the nation's next steps. Ryan, we obviously don't know what the PM will say just yet. We're waiting along with the rest of the nation. But do we have a sense of what the markets may be expecting? Yeah, it does look like possibly, quite likely, some good news will be in store because of all the signals coming out from the indications where he's talking about things subsiding on the Omicron front, how the situation has been improving and Singaporeans gradually learning to live with the virus. So all indications that we may be one step closer to normalising or reaching a new normal of sorts. So we've seen some gradual easing up of restrictions in the past month. So it won't be a surprise if we continue with that um, direction. So something to look out for uh, when he addresses the nation. And I think uh, it will also be worth watching what they can do to ease up on the healthcare system, which has been under stress, uh, under stress for quite some time. So a lot of strain on the healthcare workers and infrastructure. So if we do ease up on restrictions, it can also do some, um, to some extent, uh, ease up on that front as well with less people required to go for checkups or to be hospitalized um, for various reasons. So that's something that could be um, in store in the coming day. Yeah, we look forward to good news coming our way from 11am. COVID-19 case numbers have been hovering around 10,000 marks since the middle of the month. Singapore has one of the highest vaccination rates in the world though. About 95% of the eligible population here has completed the full vaccination regime while another 71% of our total population has received a booster shot. Now one area of life that continues to open up is travel. Singapore and Malaysia are now pledging to work towards a full reopening of the border. This follows a meeting between Minister for Health Ong Yi Kang and his Malaysian counterpart Kairi Jamaluddin. So what is the latest on this front? Yeah, some good news um, from uh, Ong Ye Kang's Facebook page. Uh, so the health minister meeting his counterpart in Putrajaya and they have agreed to immediately work on enabling full resumption of air and land travel for fully vaccinated people. So look out for more details uh, of that happening. Malaysia has already said it will be reopening its borders to fully vaccinated people from April the 1st. And this is after two years of restrictions. So Malaysia also looking towards normalizing policies. And that's going to be good news for the economy, for the flow of workers. 
And that could actually also help bring down costs of many businesses who rely on migrant workers, on supplies. So something that could also uh, go some way to Uh, helping the economies uh, for both sides. Indeed. Malaysia, I'm sure, looking forward to Singaporean tourists who brought in the most money for Malaysia. In 2019, we spent about 20.5 billion ringgit in the country. Now, let's turn to US stocks and the price of oil. One of these dropped overnight. The other one rose. You want to guess which is which? Well, unfortunately, unless you're an oil trader, you may not like the answer. Oil prices jumped 5%. Brent crude now trading at 122 US dollars a barrel. Oil prices are up more than 50% this year. Ryan, not long ago, it looked like we were getting a breather on this front with crude oil prices dropping back towards 100 US dollars a barrel. So what happened? Mm. Why are we looking at 122 again? Yeah, just enough time for you to catch your breath and it's back up again. It's like a roller coaster. Um, but um, the general trend has been upwards. Like you've pointed out, it has been gaining quite a bit in the past month. It's up 20 plus percent in the past year, over 80 percent. So you've got oil going up for a couple of reasons. The supply for one is tight and you've got demand in the past year creeping up slightly as well. And overnight, we've got some headlines driving up sentiment as well. Uh, Among them, some supply channels have been affected and this is around the Black Sea Terminal. Some storms have been damaging the ports and this is disrupting the flow of some of the cargoes. So that's going to bring down Uh, potentially the supply of oil for um, the entire supply chain. So something to look out for on the supply chain front. And also those sanctions against Russia, we've been seeing them being slapped on Russia over the past month. And we could be due for more tonight when US President Joe Biden meets his counterparts in Europe. So new sanctions as well as new measures to enforce existing sanctions could be in store. So renewed jitters around the energy crunch in Europe is also driving up prices in general, including oil. And with Russia not looking to back down anytime soon, it is still remaining elevated. And the Russian-Ukraine war clearly weighing on the markets this morning. On a related note, Russian President Vladimir Putin is planning to demand that European nations pay Russia in rubles for the natural gas that it purchases from it. This would be pretty much unprecedented. So why would Moscow require it? What's involved here and what impact might this move have? It is a curious one, right? Because um, if you've been following the sanctions, Russia has been cut off from access to US dollars and pretty much every international currency. So for them to want to not want US dollars is a bit curious because people paying them US dollars to give them access to US dollars. But now they want rubles. So it is perhaps a strategic move where they are forcing their trade partners to move away from US dollars to accept rubles and maybe try to make the ruble uh, more universal in some extent. So that is what's playing out right now. And it is going to be one to watch because... Based on contracts, most commodities are priced in US dollars. So for them to change halfway uh, on terms of payment methods or terms is a breach of contract, which is what many trading partners like Germany, which buys the most from Russia in terms of gas, Italy, the second biggest buyer, have already complained that it goes against the contract. So 
it's going to be a bit of a tug of war on who blinks first in terms of who is going to be backing down on this standoff. Indeed, this is being framed as a way to avoid sanctions. The European Union, meanwhile, debating measures on how to reduce its dependence on Russian gas. One proposal under consideration would require EU members to fill up 80% of their underground storage facilities before next winter. Uh, that would require mass purchases during the upcoming spring, summer months mm. as well. The other point, um, when you have demand for rubles where you've got your trade partners using rubles, it you supports the currency the as well. Something yeah. to uh, maybe consider as well. Mm-hmm. Let's turn now to US markets. The Nasdaq, Dow, S&P 500 all fell about one and a quarter percent or more overnight. There are two trends that I'd like to look at. They're not making big headlines yet, but they could provide some interesting guidance to investors. Now, the first has to do with SPACs, the blank check special purpose acquisition companies that attracted a lot of investor attention last year. It turns out many SPACs are not providing the sort of returns that investors had been hoping for, but there is one exception. So what type of SPAC is doing well? Yeah, I'm not sure if this is going to surprise you. Mm-hmm. Crypto SPACs. Cryptos have been the rage these days. Uh, things like NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and it's being driven by social media in a lot of cases. And it's been so fashionable, it's not a surprise to see them taking off. And that's why perhaps SPACs with associations to cryptos have been doing well. Among them, Core Scientific. It's one of North America's largest Bitcoin miners. Uh, they rose 1.5% on Wednesday. And you have Bucked Holdings and Cypher Mining, um, both of them up. and 11% respectively. Um, That is also something to think about when you see crypto doing so well. In comparison to the non-crypto specs, you've got, if you look at the D-SPAC index, that comprises a group of 25 companies, including SoFi Technologies and WeWork. Um, They are down 9%. So that is just showing uh, contrast in fortunes. But you also have to bear in mind um, the bigger universe of specs who have nothing to do with crypto. So you are really comparing a bigger basket of good apples and bad apples versus a very select niche. So it is, of course, going to see some averages being brought down by the um, non-performers. Yeah, and whether or not we're going to see more crypto SPAC deals pile up and perform similarly well is uh, questionable as well. Got to look at the performance of Bitcoin and how that impacts these crypto SPACs over time. And really, we're looking at these SPAC performances uh, between a January to March period. That's a pretty short period, right? That's a pretty short period as well. So Mm. time frame wise, you're not sure if this is going to be a long, sustainable rise. And you've seen how many fads have faded in time to come. So... You will have to wait for time to tell on this one. Next up on the U.S. front, regulators at the Securities and Exchange Commission have released a proposal this week that would require listed companies to disclose their climate risks. It's going to take some time for the proposal to come into effect. But if it does, analysts say the implications will be sweeping. So Ryan, what companies might stand to gain and which ones might lose from this new rule? Yeah, let's look at the new rule and it's going to require firms to disclose their dangers associated to climate change and their greenhouse gasoline emissions. So pretty much make themselves more transparent and accountable so investors will be able to know for sure or at least um, 
surer what the impact on the environment is by these companies. So in extension, by extension, companies that are able to manage their carbon emissions will be the winners. They will be able to convince investors that they are you know, writing the right narrative and be able to join the growth story when it comes to what's going to be hot for the green space. And for losers, no surprise, businesses that have surprisingly dangerous carbon footprints. So you're thinking about companies that are unable to move away from fossil fuels like airlines, at least in the near term, uh, shipping companies. So many of these companies will be stuck with uh, legacy models of doing doing business. So something to uh, keep in mind if we see a change in the SEC climate rule laws. Winners and losers there. Time now for corporate news. And for this, we're going to turn to up or down game show style. Ryan, let's open our books and start with Tencent. Up or down? Tencent is going to be down for me. And they've just reported their slowest revenue growth on record. And this is around... No regulatory headwinds in China, and that's been battering a lot of the sentiment, uh, including from its um, advertising business and everything it's doing. Down for me as well, Tencent posting its slowest ever quarterly pace of sales growth. Revenue rose, but only by 8%. Okay, let's look at Spotify. It's up for me. <laughs> All right, that's an app for me as well. And this is around the app space where typically if you have an app on Apple or Google, mm. some of your payments have to be routed through the Play Store as a form of commission. But now Google is allowing Spotify to have its own in-app payment option. So this is in, well, bottom line, it's going to get more Money, So that is why it's an up for me. <laughs> Indeed, up for me as well, because Google will allow Spotify to bill consumers like you and I directly and bypass the Google Play payments system. Let's look at Capitaland. All right, Capitaland is going to be an up for me. So mm-hmm. it's the Escort has bought two properties for $190 million. So this is um, seeing them... Um, have a bigger presence in China, Ningbo, and also they will be looking at another one in Hangzhou Bay, Newtown. So that is going to see a bigger footprint in China and the other property they are buying is in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. So this is seeing them just expand their business um, around the world. Up for me, Capitaland's the Ascot, acquiring those two new properties, one in China, the other in Netherlands. And by the way, it's paying $190 million for the new assets. Land lease, REIT. Okay, land lease, uh, REIT is uh, down for me. In fact, it's a nine-month low hmm. um, for its share price after it talked about a fundraising exercise by... No, doing a private placement and a preferential offering. So that's weighing on a share price and Lendlease Global Commercial REIT units were down as much as 5% on Wednesday. Up for me, uh, Lendlease REIT's private placement more than three times subscribed. So that's positive news for me. The personal protective equipment maker Medtex. Okay, this is going to be a down for me and it's also a down in, in some sense for DBS which has cut its target price for MedTax to 22.5 cents from a high of 93 cents. Wow. So that's almost 
one quarter of the target price. And this is after shifting its valuation methodology to a discounted cash flow basis from a price to earnings multiple basis. And you also have to consider how things are playing out in the uh, space where it's operating, where you've got things easing up. So the demand for its goods is not as strong. The pricing mm. for its goods is not as strong as well. So that's also um, weighing on the outlook for the business. Yeah, down for me for MedTech's DBS slash its target price for MedTech's even as the company is expanding its manufacturing capacity. Let's turn to Singapore now. The latest inflation numbers are out and the figures may surprise you. The Ministry of Trade and Finance says that core inflation eased last month to 2.2%, down from 2.4% in January. What do you make of this and is it likely to have any impact on impending interest rate hikes here? Okay, so... It is, uh, in a way, not matching the forecast, but you have to look at the longer-term trend numbers to see if this is uh, what it's going to be for a longer time frame. So, by and large, we've got a lot of market watchers expecting prices to go up because of a rise in food and fuel prices. We've seen that at the petrol, pol- uh, petrol pump kiosks and at your restaurants, and you can feel it as well in many other places. So it won't be a surprise for inflationary pressures to continue and for prices to go up. So look out for the next few rounds of data. In terms of its impact on interest rates, um, we've already heard from many banks um, that they will be raising their mortgage rates. So that has already uh, played out in that space. So for property investors, they will be paying more with their repayment of loans. And for the MAS's next policy meeting in April, we are already looking at, by and large, many economists expecting further tightening to fight inflation. So not too much different from what we've been seeing from other central banks like in the US, the UK and New Zealand all tightening to address inflationary pressures. We are 23 minutes into the local trading day this Thursday. The Straits Times Index finished higher yesterday, along with most Asian markets, but the gains here were not as big as elsewhere. Tokyo, for example, jumped 3%, while here at home, the SDI finished just 0.4%. Higher yesterday at 33.64. How is the SDI trading this morning? Yeah, it's been a rather subdued day for Asia, mostly in the red, but good news, the SDI bucking the trend just barely up 0.2%. So 3,372 is the latest reading on the STI. And if we look at the STI's 30 constituents, only four in the red, right at the bottom, is Jardine Matheson Holdings, down 1.6% at 95 cents. And that was a reversal of the yesterday's action where Johnny Matheson was up 6.4%. So it's giving back some of those gains right now. Hong Kong Land in second place at the bottom, followed by Venture and ST Engineering. Now let's take a look at the top of the table. Genting Singapore up 2.5%. Sets is up 2.2%, followed by Taibev, ComfortDelGro, SIA, Samcorp Industries. And you get the sense that, hey, investors are maybe thinking about the 11 a.m., Announcement by Prime Minister Lee Sen Long that maybe you could be in for more easing, and some of these hospitality and travel names are already pricing in the feel good news. 
Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. There, coming up in the show, 35 minutes, we discuss uh, Carl Icahn's prediction that surging inflation could lead to a recession in the U.S. What would this mean for portfolios and hedging against inflation? Then we look at China tech firms. Uh, we know that stock buybacks have happened, at least in the sphere of Alibaba. So will more Chinese tech firm buybacks pan out? And what does this mean for retail investors looking to get in on Chinese uh, tech stocks? And then Bookshare's Hathaway's acquisition of uh, Allegheny, an insurance company. We take a closer look at these, um, at what this means for people who already hold Berkshire Hathaway stock. That's coming your way at 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.